That croaking came from a large reed-covered pond beside a tumble-down church in the ghost village of La Massara in the high hills of Catalonia, 55 kilometres from the seaside resort of Cambriles and 1,000 metres above the Costa Dorada, Catalonia's Gold Coast. The music is by Catalan musician Carles Ribó from his spooked-out folk rock album Massara. I'm Colton Reed, and in this episode of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast, brought to you in association with Jensen USA, I've not just been pointing my microphone at frogs. I've also recorded club cyclists breathing heavily as they climbed on a short fam trip to Spain. Two members from each of 14 clubs were invited out here in mid-October by the holiday company Cycling Costa Dorada, based out of the Cambriles Sport Village, an hour southwest of Barcelona. When the club cyclists went home, I stuck around and did some solo exploring, riding an Argon 18 road bike on some spectacular hairpin bends to get to the ghost village I mentioned at the top of the show. And I had La Masara to myself, except for those croaking frogs. The village was abandoned in the 1960s and is believed by some to be not only haunted, but also otherworldly. There are multiple reports of people disappearing from the locale in mysterious circumstances, and not only during those times when fog bubbles up out of nowhere. Close to the entrance to the village, there's a boulder, which local legend says is a portal into a parallel universe. It's not the only legendary place I visited last week in this beautiful part of the world. On the day after somehow surviving the ghosts, ghoulies and potty portals, I rode up another serpentine climb to reach the fairy tale fortress village of Siorana. Again, I had the place to myself. That's the thing about this part of Spain in the off-season. It's so incredibly quiet. It's still warm and sunny but there are only 9,000 people living in the whole of the UNESCO World Heritage Region of Priorat. The roads are wide and butter smooth, but there are very few cars to spoil the party or the view. And even when motorists do pass you, they make sure to leave plenty of space, thanks in part to Spain's 1.5 metre passing law, signs for which are peppered along the roadside. This is a dream come true for me and Anders, because we've never been on climbs like these. We thought uh, climbing were short and hard, but this is, this is the best. That was David Berling from the Svarta Hasten Cycling Club of Stockholm in Sweden. He was on this fam trip with his bushy-bearded buddy Anders Madin. The club has 28 mostly male members, and I asked David how many of them would likely come on a winter or spring trip to the Cambrile Sport Village. And Anders went on to explain why the Costa Dorada sunshine would be so enticing to shivering Swedes. I think probably like uh, seven or eight, or and uh, maybe they, a few of us will bring our families because we're that kind of a club. Oh yeah. So okay. this is uh, this would work uh, pretty well with the with the family type of riding that we do. Yeah, because yeah. the kids can stay back in the pool. Exactly. And... Everybody's happy. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Mum and Dad can go yeah. <laughs> riding up the yeah, hills. I know yeah, your dad, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what uh, time of year are you thinking of coming? I think it would be yeah, at the beginning of the season. Maybe March, April. Yeah. When it's still snowy and 
harsh weather in Stockholm. Oh, well, that's perfect. Isn't it? So, yeah. escape. Yeah. I'm Ollie Beresford. Uh, and I'm Sam Tiller, and we're from the University of Bristol Cycling Club. Um, so we're out here uh, in Spain for a two-day um, sort of tryout session with um, with this bike company here. Yeah, we've had a really, really nice day today. So the first day um, is a longer ride, about 125 kilometers with some nice climbs. I think we had six in total. Um, beautiful gradients, really, really nice. So nothing really steep uh, like we have in Bristol, which is, which is good. Um, I definitely prefer the longer... Uh, shallower stuff um, but I know some people prefer it the other way around and then no traffic because we were going down those descents and we were we were lapsing in the fact that we were kind of going on the wrong side yeah. of the road because we hadn't seen any cars yeah. so we're just naturally just drifting across and taking the whole width of the road I mean that's amazing to have yeah. well I was saying that. I was we were talking to each other on the way back into Cambria where we're staying um, just saying that imagine if you had 25 people in a group in britain like there would just be chaos on the roads like people just trying to storm past you like crashing into people so yeah i mean that that is i mean a part of spain really and even large parts of france um the roads are much quieter than we have in the uk um just definitely a reason to come see the roads i recorded ali and sam in the sport village but i also recorded riders as we climbed the local hills sorry for a little bit of wind noise here as i talked with mary and ashley the secretary and assistant secretary of Ireland's Lecaro Lasers Cycling Club. Hi, I am Ashley Nogara. I am with Lecaro Lasers Cycling Club and we're based in the centre of Ireland near Athlone. A part of an organised trip um, where they hope to promote Cambrils to the Irish as a cycling destination. Some of the clubs are coming already, our club hasn't been and we're basically here just trialling it for our club. Last three years, we've gone on cycling trips to other destinations, such as Wales and Scotland, and we've gotten approximately 24, 25 members to come. But unfortunately, there's about six or seven women. That's it. <laughs> Very male-dominated. Ashley was out here in Catalonia with Mary Lennon, the friend who got her into club cycling in the first place. We have to have a look at costs and um, viability of getting 20, 25 members out here and all of that kind of stuff we try to kind of keep it to two to three days over a weekend so it's unreasonably you know affordable because some of our members would be couples so and some would still have young kids and stuff like that so you want to make it that it's accessible to everybody of course so, the young kids are going to be kept at home because actually was telling yeah. me this is going to be an adult only oh yeah it's adult only yeah but you kind of want to make it that it's you know, everybody can access it. That is not just for people that have loads of time in their hands or loads of money. So what's what's the things you're actually looking for on this ride? Are you looking for just rides like this where there's lots of variety? Are you looking for like extra no. destinations that non-cyclists can go to? What What's no, your we criteria? Tend, we tend to look for, you know, a nice ride that's suitable for different abilities. We'd have some very strong members who love hills. We have others like myself that can get up hills. <laughs> and um, so something that's accessible to different levels and a bit of a challenge but you know not so so much that people don't enjoy it so that's the and you know we can tend to do about 120 130k cycles on our trips i am roger pennington and i'm with retford and district wheelers cycling club roger we're standing here we've had a beautiful lunch uh after after that a few climbs we've got a few 
climb still to to go. Is this convincing you to tell your club, yeah, we've got to come here, chaps? Yeah, definitely. Um, with the experience I've had with the uh, smooth roads, lesser traffic on the roads and the climbs, I think it compares very well to Mallorca, but without the traffic and a, a massive amount of cyclists that you get in Mallorca. So Mallorca is where your club has been for a number of years? Yes, many years, yes. Every so you're, April. Kind of, you're kind of now, you're used to the roads there and you want somewhere different, is that why you're thinking of here? Yep, we want to change because we know the roads so well and we got, it's the same, the same old every year, so we want somewhere different. The piece I'll do about this trip on Forbes.com will be headlined something like Move over Mallorca, Cambrilles is coming. The Cambrilles Sport Village has recently hosted pro teams such as Bahrain Merida and Wiggins Lecol, and I think more teams will migrate for their off-season training from Mallorca to the Costa Dorada. There are 1,000 kilometres of lightly trafficked roads and plenty of photogenic hairpin bends. Here's me from the top of one of them. You know those Top Gear kind of roads? Sinewy, serpentine. Well, I'm on one of them at the moment. And you'll probably hear a few cars coming past, but there's not that many cars in this region at all, but they are coming to this particular road. So if you're familiar with Sacolobra in Mallorca, places like that, well, it's another one of those. It's a really twisty, twisty road, and it's going up to... Uh, the abandoned village of La Macera. And here comes a car now. I've seen about four cyclists so far this morning. And the car driver's been pretty good. They're not going crazy. Um, I've seen four cyclists. I was the first one up because I, I got up uh, pretty early. I wanted to get out here. I can see the Mediterranean off in the distance and it's golden off in the distance there. And of course, that's why this particular region is called... Uh, Costa Dorado, which is, well, Gold Coast. And that's because of the Mediterranean across there, which is, at the moment is looking really, really golden off in the distance. And I can see the flat lands, uh, the Catalan flats. Uh, so you've got to do about at least, well, 15 miles out from the coast to start coming uphill. And the gradients are really quite gentle, which is why these, these, uh, these twisty roads are so twisty because in the UK and in, in other parts of Europe, um, they would go up the hill, uh, really quite some steep angle. But here it's probably about 6% at most. So it just goes round and round in these wonderful, wonderful hairpin bends. And uh, I'm going to go now to the abandoned village, which is a, a village that apparently is quite popular on Halloween because it's got a, an abandoned church there, abandoned in the 1960s, this particular village, La Macera, the, 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 the road, the, the kind of the hill that goes on above it is La Macera, so the, the village is La Macera. And it's been abandoned since the 1960s, so this graveyard is meant to be quite spooky and people come up here on, uh, on Halloween. So let's go to La Macera and check it out. La Masara was forcibly abandoned in the early 1960s. Its population had declined from 300 or so in the late 19th century 
they're just 36 in the 1950s, some of whom clearly still yearned for the place because the tiny cemetery, quite the draw, on October the 31st, has some relatively recent burials. The hardy villagers who lived here way back when were known by others, disparagingly, as frogs. The ground wasn't ever as fertile as further down the mountain, and the high village was infamous for its mists. A regional ditty went, Mother, if you give me a husband, don't give him to me from La Musara. There is always fog there, and I don't like the soil. I captured audio of croaking frogs, but others who visit, at night, when it must be a lot spookier, say they have recorded the sounds of things that go bump in the night. As you'd therefore expect, La Musara is a hotspot on Halloween. And it was the villagers' otherworldliness that attracted Catalan musician Carlos Ribo to visit. He wrote a folk rock album about the paranormal paranoia that surrounds the village. I played part of a track from his La Musara album at the top of the show, and will close with it too. Carlos hasn't recorded an album about the mountain village of Siorana, 30 kilometres from La Masara. But if that place, tiny, high, but very much not abandoned, had to be accompanied by a soundtrack, I'd use something dramatic and aerial, like, say, Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries. Dramatic because Siorana is spectacular. It was built on the edge of a cliff, FFS. And aerial because, did I mention, it's built on the edge of a cliff. Here I am, sitting on a slab of rock at the periphery of this vertiginous village, just after taking a spectacular drone shot of the place, which you can see on the-spokesman.com. I can't quite believe I'm by myself at the moment, because I've got this stunning view over an old church looking down into a, a massive valley uh, with a huge, huge rock overhang. This is actually a, this is the town of, or village of Siorana, and it is actually uh, a beacon for rock climbers. So when I was climbing up here this morning, lots of camper vans camped out, and they weren't tourists, they were here for the the climbing around here. So the rock faces are just wonderful. Uh, and the views are just stunning and yet there isn't anybody else up here i think it's and i'm here at uh, quite early so i left cambrils in the dark and i left about half past seven because i wanted to get the boring 10 miles out of the way quickly and get up here in in some nice light and uh, it is beautiful out here it's it's quite chilly it's nice in the sunshine, but uh, it was very, very cold on some of the descents. But this particular town uh, is literally on the cliff edge. And it was a fortress town, the Moors, the, the Saracens, the, the Arabs, basically, when they had uh, this part of, of Spain and this part of Catalonia. Uh, this was their last stronghold in the 1150s, something like that. And uh, they held out to here. And then, apparently, there is a hoof print in the rock. No doubt that's been chiseled in by um, people wanting to get tourists here. But that's meant to be 
the hoof print of the Moorish queen who didn't want to be taken by the the Christian knights who had besieged and uh, were taking over the, the, the town. So she leapt off the cliff face with her horse and that hoof print is where the horse is meant to have thought, hang on, I'm not jumping over there uh, as soon as it realised where it was going and, uh, and they, they fell to their rather obvious deaths. Today's Sierrana is a sleepy place. Well, it was when I visited it. I guess it gets busier in peak tourist season. And I was here early enough for many of the climbers to be still asleep in their camper vans. By the time I left, all were awake and I saw dozens of climbers on the 200 plus routes hereabouts, one shouting when he lost grip and enjoying the echoes he made in the valley below. Now riding without arm warmers and a jacket, I legged it back for lunch to the Cambrilles Sport Village. Afterwards, I spoke with Jame Rowe, founder of Cycling Costa Dorada, and asked him why he had invited club cyclists to the resort. The, the main thing is uh, to have a new clients, a new groups to, to come in, uh, in, in Cambridge Park, in, the, in, uh, in Norwegian, in, in Costa Dorada, because, uh, you know, some, some, of the, some of the groups, uh, some of the old groups that, that we have, they want to change in, in of the destination, so it's necessary at this moment to to have a new a new clients and new new groups. So maybe people who would have gone to Mallorca will yes, come yes. here, like like pro teams. Exactly. the 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 majority of the of the clubs and the groups of the fan trip, they they go to Mallorca uh, before, and uh, they want to change of a destination for uh, for his trip. Uh, Next, next season. Thanks to Jamie Rowe there of Cycling Costa Dorada. And thanks also to Victor Goitia, the Cycling Product Manager of Costa Dorada Tourism, who extended my time at the Cambrilis Sport Village so I could get out and find my own stories. Permission to play the Musella music was given by Carles Ribo. Links to his work and links for Cycling Costa Dorada and details for Cambrilles Sport Village can all be found on this podcast's show notes, which, as always, can be found at www.the-spokesmen.com. If you want to know more about La Masara, make sure to check out my spooky story on Forbes.com due to go online on Thursday, October the 31st. Halloween, that is. All of my Forbes stories can be found at Forbes.com forward slash sites forward slash Colton Reed. And that's R-E-I-D. This was show 228 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast and it was recorded on Tuesday 29th of October 2019. Here's my co-host David with a short message from our show sponsor. Hey, Carlton, thanks so much. And it's it's always my pleasure to talk about our advertiser. This is a longtime loyal advertiser. It's Jensen USA at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. I've been telling you for years now, years, that Jensen is the place where you can get a great selection of every kind of product that you need for your cycling lifestyle at amazing prices. And what really sets them apart because, of course, there's lots of online retailers out there. But what really sets them apart is their 
unbelievable support. When you call and you've got a question about something, you'll end up talking to one of their gear advisors. And these are cyclists. I've been there. I've seen it. These are folks who ride at lunch, who go out on group rides after work because they just enjoy cycling so much. Uh, and, and so you know that when you call, you'll be talking to somebody who has knowledge of the products that you're calling about. If you're looking for a new bike, whether it's a mountain bike, a road bike, a gravel bike, a fat bike, what are you looking for? Go ahead and check them out. Jensen USA, they are the place where you will find everything you need for your cycling lifestyle. It's jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. We thank them so much for their support and we thank you for supporting Jensen USA. All right, Carlton, let's get back to the show. Thanks, David. And that's a wrap for today's show. Like the Gino Bartoli story on the previous episode, today's show was more engineered than our roundtable ramblings and, to be frank, more time-consuming. If you like this editorial approach, make sure to give the show a shout-out on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment on the show notes at the-spokesmen.com. The next episode, due out early next month, will be another travelogue, this time from a Belgian cycleway in Germany. A what-did-you-just-say show that will be accompanied soon by a piece in The Guardian. Meanwhile, get out there and ride. Ride.